You make me feel very unwifely, McNaughton. Go barbecue. I still say don't serve your awful coffee with my steaks. Oh, Mrs. Olsen, he's always crabbing about my coffee. I could cry. Your coffee, sir. Thanks, beautiful. You're welcome. How can such a pretty wife make such bad coffee? I heard that. Darling, it's our anniversary. Why so glum? Nothing. Well, it's your coffee. Again? Even today? Honey, your coffee just doesn't taste any good. This must have been such a nice vacation. <laughs> Did you ever see Larry looking so happy? Oh, well, honey, happiness is a vacation. <laughs> Away from your coffee. Forget the coffee, Marge. It's never very good. But Phil, I... I'll just... get some at the plant. Harold, is the coffee all right? Mm-mm. You mean it's as bad as yesterday? Mm-hmm. No improvement at all? Mm-mm. Harold, don't just shake your head. You've got to tell me what's wrong with the coffee. Bad taste. Bad taste. From the Blanket Fort, and uh, this is your all-feminist edition of From the Blanket Fort. Um, I'm really excited. I'm here as a part of uh, my unofficial unapology tour, uh, which we're going to get to shortly. Uh, but first, I have to introduce um, the feminists here to join me, and uh, we're going to say that um, strongly and freely, uh, because it is not a bad word, uh, and we're going to tell you just why that's so, and, and I hope to uh, speak to my guests about uh, their journeys through feminism. Um, so let's start with, uh, with you, Muffy. Well, my name is Muffy Clarington III. I come from a long line of powerful goddesses. Um, I guess I'm a feminist. I've been identifying as a feminist since fifth grade and these days I run a popular blog on Tumblr you can find me at Aphrodite's vulva wow great that's uh yeah I, I hope I hope you get a lot of uh feminist followers through there there's a little alliteration um great and uh did you experience any and before we get to our next guest I just I just have to follow up did you experience any discrimination coming out as a feminist at such a young age Oh, yeah, the whole time. But, I mean, even before I identified as a feminist, I experienced a lot of discrimination just for being a young woman, a, a girl. So it wasn't that different. Um, I will say right now my, my blog is password protected. Um, there was quite a bit of backlash for some of my, um, you know, just normal everyday feminist posts, but people just don't want to believe that women are people. <laughs> Yeah, uh, tell me about it, and and I hope that you will tell me more. But um, you know, I, I I hate to shut up a woman and and introduce a man, but I I really have to do it now. So let's uh, let's take it away. Hi everybody, my name is Max Bootlicker. Um, I am a male feminist, as you can tell, um, since I'm on the program. Um, I've been a feminist 
since about 2007, um, ever since I started my work with uh, Hillary Clinton's um, campaign for president. And um, I was involved in also in um, as, long, as well the 2007 as the uh, 2016 uh, election. Uh, I was her s uh, senior advisor for social media. Um, I was the one who told her to say, just chilling in uh, Cedar Rapids. Um, I, uh, oh, I'm, that was you! I, yeah, I, I also... A, 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 behind every great woman, there's there's a man, I guess. Uh, that That is correct. Uh, that is correct. And uh, I would also say that I also got her to dab on Ellen's show. So that was also my idea. And um, I'm not saying I'm taking credit for all of her success, but... Um, she did win the popular vote by three million, so I'd like to think that's partially due to uh, hitting the dab on Ellen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't doubt that that has some some powerful influence. Um, you know, I, I believe Ellen, she had a feminist to do it to icon him. as yeah. well for us. Yeah. You know, Ellen. What what I really like about Ellen too is that um, she lets anybody on, much like Katie and Eric. You know, just giving giving a. Giving a platform to marginalized voices as, as long as they're also popular marginalized voices, you know. So you got a lot of YouTube hits, you got a lot of Tumblr followers, you got, uh, a, lot yes, of, well, you got a lot of Insta followers. You got to be interesting, right? Uh, so like, this isn't just a participation trophy type feminism that I'm that I'm touting here. I want people to actually, you know, earn my respect. I I would just also like to say, um, speaking of marginalized voices, I'm glad you brought that up because that's partly the reason why I'm on this show is because um, I had a sex posse blog on Tumblr um, called Sex Posse Now um, with N-O-W all capitalized. And um, I can no longer run my page because Tumblr has banned uh, sexually explicit content and um, I just, uh, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been similarly displaced as I believe a guest that has been on the blanket fort before, uh, uh, one Joey Sixpack. Um, he, I, I believe he had a blog that was called 96 Backwards. And uh, we are both very marginalized people and I'd, I, I, I'd like, I'm disappointed that he's not on the show today actually. You know, I I'd think love to hear his thoughts on feminism. Yeah, I think it's so brave of you as a white man to come out um, on the podcast as someone who is experiencing um, marginalization at, at such a degree because um, you you know people are out there saying what's he talking about and you know women got it worse and they're they're right but um, you know I think it's brave of you to say it anyway oh I, I, I really appreciate it you know all the great things I've done for women I, I, I just appreciate um, you having me on the show and um and being able to talk about uh, women's rights and uh, feminism and what feminism means um, in the current so, landscape. I want to loop back to uh, the Tumblr issue that you mentioned earlier. M Muffy, has this um, affected how you operate? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm writing a blog called Aphrodite's Vulva. Um, you can't have vulva in the title of your blog without pictures of vulvas. Um and unfortunately, Tumblr's new policies has made it very tricky to get around. You have to sort of dress things up, uh, get them past the filters. And, you know, even uh, even nipples, you know, there's no difference between a man's nipple or a woman's nipple, except that one belongs to a woman and one belongs to a man. 
Yeah, I bet if you had a lineup of nipples, just the nipples, like disembodied nipples, you couldn't you couldn't tell them apart. You know, this is this is where you know bias starts to form with the breast tissue for some reason, but but it's all it's all there. It's a it's a mound of bias. It's fleshy. It's it can be full of cancer. Okay, and you have to check it. You have to check it for lumps. That's it's a perfect true. analogy. It's exactly what I wanted to say. And to the untrained eye, I mean, there's you, there's just really no telling the difference between a man's nipple and a, and a woman's nipple. All those seven-year-olds out on Playboy.com, they have no idea, you know, what the difference between a man's nipple looks like and a woman's nipple. They don't know whether a boob is fake or real. They just don't know, so... They score really poorly untrained. on those tests. You say untrained. Now, do you consider yourself trained in this? Well, I've been I've been practicing sex positivity for about five years now. So I consider myself more of an intermediate. I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily an expert on the subject. However, I have been blogging for quite some time and my recently, you know, uh, shut down blog, you know, I, I shut it down out of protest. It's not like Tumblr told me to, but I did it, you know, out of principle um more than anything else so um not that i'm not sex positive um but my feminism is is maybe a a little a little different um in angle doesn't make it any less or or more than yours but um i i realize that i haven't i haven't mentioned my blog yet mine's actually on wordpress um so you know a bit a bit uh a bit less uh, of the community maybe is tumblr but um wordpress still has has its has its merits um so mine mine is actually you know my last name so whitefeminism.home.blog oh yeah yeah i mean it's it's straight to the point you know it's it's what i'm about it, it, there really aren't better words to describe my brand of feminism it's all about um you know what affects me and um whose feminism isn't really about what affects them Um, no absolutely i totally agree my feminism is entirely about my experiences and how that applies to all women yeah 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 i see what you mean i see what you mean as as a woman um maybe maybe mars here doesn't really see what you mean but um he, he is a feminism He's a feminist, Max. Sorry, Max. Yeah, yes. I. Yeah. My name is Max Bootlicker. For those that have forgotten already, um, I, I my feminism obviously differs a little bit. Obviously, I'm not a woman. Uh, I've never been one for. How do you feel um, like you relate to women? I guess people are gonna be curious sometimes. Yeah. Well, I really just enjoy the way women's bodies look, and I just feel like women also really enjoy how women's bodies look, also. And I feel like we share this in common and um, we all, you know, are just so unashamed of sharing it on the internet and on Tumblr specifically. We used to be. Um, but now we, we've we migrated over to Twitter, let's be honest. Um, or maybe Reddit. Um, you know, so, you know, that, that sort of spirit still I feel like it lives on, you know. I feel like the thing is, is Tumblr, you know, you... You try to ban us, okay, but then you just create a black market. Or you just, you know, maybe we just go on Twitter. You well, know? it sounds like what you're claiming, and, and I tend to agree, is that what, what's happening is that we're creating a black market for shame, and no one should be ashamed. Not of their nipples, no. No. Not, not of their vulvas, no. not of their lack of nipples or lack of vulvas, no. Well, yeah. I mean, I do have preferences, but I, you know. Preferences, oh, okay. Um, search terms or uh seo uh yeah sure 
Okay. Um, this now seems like as good a time of ever as ever um, to get into uh, what I what I'm really excited to talk to you both about. Um, I I asked you here. I know you expressed interest in finding another platform for uh, for for your voices. You know, with the with the constrictions that you are facing through Tumblr. Um, but but I specifically am, am excited to talk to you about my unofficial unapology tour. Um, Yes, yes, yes. Crack open a cold one. So, um, so uh, yes, for the tour, um, it's very, it's very, it's very much so aimed at taking back, reclaiming some of these controversies that have befallen our um, best sisters. I would, I would call them. Um, and and I think uh, the person I most want to start with, um, a lot of these women have been in the news recently. Um, we have we have J.K. Rowling, you know. Yes, of course. Who, who doesn't? Is such an inspiration. Yeah. Um, and as a woman as a feminist, oh my gosh. Unfairly forced into obscurity, um, or 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 they want to force her into obscurity, and she just she just won't go down because. You know, an icon for for writing. She has Harry Potter and Harry Potter and Harry Potter, and it's just so inspiring. Um, all of the Harry Potter fiction that she continues to write on Twitter, although she's not getting book sales for that, she's not getting paid for that. Um, but she's doing that for us. She's writing feminism and inclusion into her. Uh, universe and and she's doing that for us she's not she's not um getting any joy from that in fact all she's getting is hate yeah she has one of the strongest commitments to diversity of any any author living author today yeah can you can you do you see stephen king tweeting you know haha the it clown was um was actually irish that's why his hair's like that right like i don't see him doing that no i don't i don't see him including anybody in his in his stories it's, but I, also, I don't read male authors, so. Well, of course, yes. But, you know, it's just, um, it's one of those things where, you know, this wouldn't be happening to a male author. Um, this, um, and you don't see any male authors, because mostly you don't see any male, male authors or any authors um, trying to rewrite the works that they have already published um, on the internet. But um, that's just another bastion of how bold she is. And uh, along that note, never see men male authors draw any sort of criticism at all from their fans it's a double standard yeah now um I, we want to get into specifics because i'm doing an unapology tour so um as far as i know uh jk hasn't been uh forced into giving up any false apologies but um i still feel the need to step in and and let everyone know that i don't think she needs to apologize um i think that she's very much so within her rights um especially because um she's just trying to keep up with capitalism you really you can't um you can't dismantle anything unless you are intrinsically a part of it. This is this is how this is how fem people treat feminism. Often, um, there are feminists who are actively working against feminism um, by attacking people like J.K. Uh -huh. I agree. No, I agree. I feel like J.K. Rowling. You know, she plays an important part in the feminist movement. Um, you know, her and Taylor Swift, very important feminists. Um, I'd also like to add that. Speaker Nancy Pelosi, another great feminist, 
um, a, champion a, cha a champion for all women everywhere. Um, all kinds you, women. you know, she recently she uh, she passed a resolution that that you know said we don't like hate from anyone. You know, whether you be Alan Omar um, or uh, Rashida Talib or um, any Muslim woman, um, just any, or, or, you know, or any generic, uh, using any sort of generic uh, trope of any sort, you know, I feel like that was just a victory for everyone, you know, woman yeah. on woman, um, you know, scolding, but I feel like it sent a great message to everyone that, you know, really what you got to do if you want to keep people on your side is um, make them the enemy sometimes, you know, it's, it's really, it's just, it's a great lesson in leadership, I think, and I think, um, J.K. Rowling, you know, she does what she does in the literary world, but I feel like Nancy Pelosi has even more impact in the political. Yeah, I mean, we were talking earlier about uh, how shame doesn't belong in in the dark, forcing it underground. Shame belongs out in the light, where your um, leaders and the people you look up to can shame you um, for being wrong. So speaking of speaking of politics and shame, I feel like this is just such a natural segue. I knew I knew you two would make fabulous uh, feminist guests. Um, the next person I wanted to talk about in, in my unofficial and apology tour, um, and this is uh, Alyssa Milano, who is uh, caping hard for Joe Biden. Um, along with the ladies of the view, you know, special side shout out to the ladies of the view. Um, but my spotlight now is on Alyssa Milano. Um, she is named after the sexy adult cookies. And, um, you also, you also probably know her from, uh, from PETA fame. Um, and, and also, um, from Charmed, at least, at least that's where, that's where I first, uh, uh, knew her, you know, a strong story of sisterhood. Um, and, so she's been caping hard for Biden, as I said, um, I, I, just to fill in the listeners. I'm, I'm sure you both know. I see you I see you nodding sympathetically. Um, so Biden has been accused and, and wrongly, I dare say, of of making a woman uncomfortable. And we all know that um, he couldn't have made a woman uncomfortable um, because uh, he took other photos with that woman. And, you know, when you take a photo with someone and you're smiling, um, that is proof that that you were not made uncomfortable by them. So if they made you uncomfortable at a later date, mm -hmm. it would have showed up in that earlier photograph, you know, that the, right. the discomfort would be there. So um, you can't just be comfortable in one photo and uncomfortable in another one. It just does not compute. The evidence doesn't match up. And so rightfully so, Alyssa Milano is caping for Joe Biden. I just think it's so inspiring to see uh, a powerful white woman stand up for a powerful white man and silencing women we've never heard from before because we don't care about them. I will I will say, you know, I don't know whether I'm ready to, to you know, say one way or another. I'm not you know, a lawyer or the court or anything. But I, I do think that it's troubling that so many um, so many people have taken a calling Joe Biden creepy. Because um, as you guys both know, I'm sure, especially you, Max, uh, creepy is is a slur on on par with um, with other sorts of slurs. It's just it's not an appropriate term to use when talking about a man. So. Yeah, and there's uh there's no better evidence that something is a slur than, you know, um being able to compare it to to other words that you can't say, right? So so that's uh 
So yeah. could you could you kind of explain as a man what it would mean to you to to be called creepy and how how you think of this Biden controversy? <sighs> See, I what I don't understand is you know that same woman she took a picture with Bernie Sanders, okay? She took a picture with Bernie Sanders, and Bernie Sanders in that picture had his hand on her shoulder, okay? So you're telling me that she's okay with it, you know, with Bernie Sanders, which, by the way, she works with Bernie Sanders, too, by the way. Uh, and she's not okay with Joe Biden just coming up creepily behind her and just, like, sniffing on her neck. Like, I've done that many times, okay? I've been to a lot of political events, um... Every time, you know, I see the press secretary, um, you know, I, I see her doing her job and stuff like that. She's, you know, she's handling some, some, some of the press and I walk up behind her and I, and I start sniffing and I notice that, that very lavender perfume that she's wearing and I tell her that that's what I like. That's what I like. Um, lucky for you, that's what I like. And um, she, you know, she doesn't say a whole lot. But I feel like she really, you know, appreciated it because um, later on she told me um, that um, that I should never do it again. So that's what happens, you know. You know, usually when you do something a woman wants you to do, they, you know, they tell you the opposite. So really, for me, this whole thing I think has been flipped upside down in a way that's just totally unfair to Joe Biden. You know, Joe Biden, um, he's been in politics a long time. He opposed desegregation. Um, probably not one of his better, you know, things. He, he, he voted for the crime bill. He basically wrote it. That wasn't, you know, I wasn't actually in favor of that, but you know, he's had some hit or miss spots, but he eats pretty cool. He eats ice cream pretty cool. I mean, when you see him with the sunglasses, it kind of just makes you think he's just a really cool dude. So honestly, I'm here for whatever Joe Biden's got to say. I heard his apology the other day. And he never believed that he was ever being weird. And well, and and, I, and that's I believe why, him. That's why I'm. I believe I'm, him because his voice matters in that part. I'm on this um, unofficial and apology tour to take his apology back, and also to stop other people from apologizing who I think don't need to apologize. And um, you know, it, it's it's one of those apologies that I think in the apology you could tell that he didn't mean it. So I think he needs to take it back. You know, it's just a it's just a matter of um, you know. He was forced into this by feminists on feminist crime. Well, and just the word creepy, you know, just it's such harsh language. You're really just doing a lot of violence, excuse me, on Joe Biden when you say things like a creep. That could really affect the rest of his career, you know. He's a very, you know, he doesn't have much time left, but you, you might take away the only way he has to make a living, which is being an absolute you know, boss, you know, he, and he just was boss all, moves this everyone. was all, this was all optics motivated. This was all politically motivated. Um, and by politically motivated, what I mean was this woman had the audacity to want to change something because somebody was getting more and more power. And that's like, how could you get in the way of somebody getting more power like that? That's, it's just, that's what, that's what men do to women every day. And now here's a Doing it to Joe no, Biden. and it's these yeah. radical leftists too. Honestly, these radical, just wait, these far lefts, you know, all these far left, uh, polit, pol, you know, people. Um, this this woman, it's the same thing, you know. She's with Bernie, um, you know. I bet, again politically motivated, yeah. wants to get Bernie in. It's Bernie's. It's okay if Bernie, you know, puts his hand on her shoulder. 
Yeah, it's just, you know, you can't consent in one place and not the other. You know, it's just, that's not how if you consent, consent If you can consent to one man putting his hand on your shoulder, then you consent to every man putting his hand on your shoulder. It's just the standard you're living by, by you know? That's that's it. Can I just, I, if, if Joe Biden is listening to this podcast, and I'm sure he is, can we just all together tell him, like, hey man, like, you go girl. Yeah. You, yeah. You, right? you go, girl. I think, uh, yeah. yeah, he should definitely be up for feminista of the week. I feel like Joe Biden is definitely a, you know, I feel like that's a thing we should definitely, at the end of this, we should decide who's the feminista of the week. So Joe Biden is candidate number one. Maybe well, Alyssa Milano, too. We, she's, you know, I she's heard, caping for him. She's caping. I so. actually, you know, I was listening to actually this podcast uh, recently, and Joey Sixpack did an episode, uh, did uh, part of the Dead Center on Alyssa Milano and when she was saying that she was all these, you know, she was a POC, she was trans and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I really disagreed with Joey on all of that stuff. I feel like Melissa, Alyssa is a, is a great feminist and she does everything she can to, you know, elevate people. So I just like let her, you know, leave her alone, you know, like leave, leave Alyssa alone. Okay. Leave her alone. <laughs> Leave so, Alyssa alone. I have a lot of. I have. Leave a, her alone. I have. I have some more about. Um. So I wanted to unapologize. Um. Not that Alyssa ever really apologized for this because she's a queen. Go queen. Um. But she was also criticized for being part of that Netflix show, Insatiable, which was. Um. So are you familiar with this, Muffy? Oh yeah. 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 It, yeah. So. Yeah, so she was saying, she's like, it's ridiculous. People were judging the trailer, which was, like, marketed to showcase the show. She was like, it's not fair. People are judging the trailer, um, and they're acting like the trailer is actually what the show is like. And that's just ridiculous, because you know the trailer's, like, one thirtieth of the length of the show. So it's just it's just not fair that people were thinking that the trailer was actually indicative of what the show was like. And and so the the trailer made it look like the show was, you know, about um a woman getting a revenge body, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, having her life turn around for the better because she lost weight and being fat shamed and, and being fat shamed over and over again. Um but really, the show is about that, but it's about a lot more, and it's like 30 times longer per episode. So it's a lot different. Mm. And, and Alyssa came on the record, and she was like, it's ridiculous. People are judging this. Um, it's a trailer. It's not the show. Go watch the whole show. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's still on Netflix as far as I know. And, and I think as a part of this unapology, everybody should go, should go watch the whole thing and don't watch the trailer. What TV shows actually? I, I'm wondering. Uh, what 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 kind of what kind of TV shows are we into? I feel like, um, you know, for me, um, I'm really into Chopped. You know, I I really love Chopped. I love watching game uh, food Food Network and and Game Show Network by the way, but also Food Network um, because I just love rooting for all the ladies um, as chefs. You know, because of the stere- you know the stereotypes that they're trying to overcome and you know every time you know i'm just rooting for every lady to win at chopped it's just you know that's what i feel like you know i'm a man so i feel like 
I have to, you know, interject everything, you know, into everything because that's the only way for me to make a contribution into things. So well, I just cheer on throw, all the ladies. You've got to throw I, your power around, right? Yeah. Like if you're not using your power to like lift up women, then like what are you, what are you using it Exactly. For? If yeah. you're not tweeting out there, you know, uh, uh, you know, at Chopped every single time and every time they, you know, a man wins the show that you tweet a death threat at them and have to create new accounts every time, um, you know... <laughs> Um, sometimes that's the level of dedication, you know, that you're, that you're about, you know, and, um, you know, that it's kind of affected my TV, you know, watching habits, I would say. Do you Uh, want to, do you want to shout out any, any programming or any people? Um, no, I'm, I'm just, uh. Along for the unapology tour? Okay, so I wanted to bring up specifically some programming that, you know, it isn't on air anymore, but I think I think of it as like essential feminist viewing, and that's the program Girls. Oh, yeah. Girls. Yes. Um, so, and Lena Dunham, the, the creator of Girls, um, she has... Wonderful feminist. She has become this apology machine. So I think I'm going to have to spend a little bit of time on her uh, because she has had to apologize unfairly for many, many things. Um, uh, one, of the, one of the most egregious things, and I think that this is just a misunderstanding of empathy, um, she said that she had wished she had an abortion, um, and she had not. And I think... I think it was just completely misunderstood, misconstrued. I think she went out and said what a lot of women, a lot of feminists think, and that's that I wish I had gone through something terrible just so that I could say I went through something terrible and relate to other women who have gone through something terrible. We all really just deep down want to go through something terrible like that. And to be clear... She didn't say she wished she'd had an abortion after having a child, um, which is another another feminist issue where, you know, uh, women shouldn't be pigeonholed as mothers. And if you want a, you know, postpartum abortion, I believe you should be allowed to, to seek one. But <laughs> neither here nor there. Um, that would have been, I think, even more understandable. But the, uh, you know, the fact that she said she wished she could you know, uh, support her sisters in an even more empathetic way, I think. Now, uh, yeah. Now, all wrongdoing. people in her apology, which I am taking back effectively today, um, unofficially taking back the apology, um, she was saying that she was inhabiting this sort of delusional girl persona, quote unquote. And um, I just think that people don't, really understand how um we're all playing a delusional girl when we're being feminists you know we have to um we have to feed into the possibility that people are actually going to listen to us and it's shocking when people listen to us because people seldom listen to women they're always saying you know shut your mouths go in the kitchen uh, make us a sandwich it's just it's the same thing every day um and I mean, I mean, honestly, um, so that I don't have to inhabit this this um, delusional girl persona, uh, it, you know, which which I so often have to have to do. Um, I try to surround myself with as, as few feminists as possible. It's you know, it's actually quite overwhelming to be in the presence of, of, of such 
strong feminist voices today. Uh, because, you know, I find myself usually around, around people who, who scoff at feminism. They call it a bad word. Yeah, actually, I only interact with men who are feminists. I don't interact with any women who are feminists because I don't interact with other women that aren't uh, my wife. Um, I have effectively um, uh, adopted the Mike Pence method. Um, the Mike Pence method is you only uh, you have to get a written uh, notice uh, for at least um, a two-week notice if you would like to schedule a meeting or interact in any sort of way. And, um, and, and I feel like that's really mean, sort of uh, freed up my life from a lot of, you know, trouble. I mean, at this point, um, you know, it's probably worth noting that we didn't have to get notice for this show because your wife, Cheryl, she just came along. You know, say, say hi, Cheryl. Hello. Hey, sweetie. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's so kind Cheryl, of her to supervise yeah. you and, and, and just, you know, curtail your baser instincts. Yeah, and, and she, she agrees with all of the things that I say. I mean, the thing is, that's why we're married, you know, because... Yeah. You, can, you can see the love. I mean, the way she's gripping your arm uh, so hard is just... It's so sweet. You it know, really I've, I've had, um, I've had uh, fingernail um, imprints for about two weeks now, and um, that, it's real love, you know? I think it's... And I think it's so um, liberating the way she, she lets you conduct yourself online, you know, in a sex-positive way. Yeah, because I don't... I don't you know, uh, that requires a lot of trust, I think, you know? It's it, not a lot of couples have that kind of trust, you know? Uh, I was up front with my sex-positivity... Um, we got married, uh, um, you know, shortly after I actually started the blog. Um, so I, you know, it was something that I was upfront about and she was, you know, responsive, you know, she did, she'd never, <clears throat> excuse me, used Tumblr before. Um, but I told her what it was and how I used it. And she said that, you know, I could just keep it to myself that that'd be fine. Um, so we, li we have a law, uh, a really loving marriage and, yeah, uh, every time yeah. you say the word Tumblr, the topic comes up, she just plugs her ears and she mumbles to herself to sort of, to sort of block it out. And I, and I really think that that kind of, um, trusting privacy is something to strive for in a relationship. Yeah. All good, all good relationships, I think, um, involve a, a sense of boundaries and it's, it's really amazing to see you guys are figuring it out even under the patriarchy. Yeah, you know, um, you know, I make most of the decisions, I would say, you know, where we're going, you know, I pay for just about everything, you know, I mean, it wouldn't kill her to get a job, maybe, but, you know, it, I'm just saying, like, you know, I do a lot of work, um, you know, you know, devising a lot of social media strategy, um, I, I, I'm on Tumblr about 12 hours a day, or well, I used to be, and now I'm just now I'm just uh, on Twitter searching uh, sex gifs in my search bar for about ten hours a day, and uh, accidentally tweeting that sometimes too. So, you know, you, you got to be careful. You don't want to send that from the wrong account. You know, right? Um, sometimes you get you know you get caught up and you you do something dumb like that. So just so you know, fe feminists out there, make sure you keep your you know your search history private or whatever. So, um, continuing along the tour, I thought the next person to go to, because there is a relationship here, there's a friendship between, between Lena Dunham, who I've unapologized for, um, and Taylor Swift. 
None other than Taylor Swift. Mentioned her earlier. So Taylor is accused most often of um, displaying white feminism, and we're not talking about the good kind, like my kind of white feminism. Um, We're talking about um, the kind that other feminists say is excluding people, not letting them in on it. Um, And um, so she's accused of this because she hasn't. (laughs) just gone out and said, um, you know, that she is anti-Trump or pro-Planned Parenthood. She didn't go to the Women's March, but she did tweet about it. Um, and I think if you if you pay attention, the signs are everywhere. And, and this is just, uh, this isn't, really, this is kind of a, this is a story about consent, in my opinion. And it's, it's a matter of how Taylor Swift is not, is not consenting to these ideas that people have about her. And what she's doing is she's giving out all these signals. She doesn't have to speak with her mouth. She doesn't have to write songs. She doesn't have to speak words. She's giving us so much more just by like her vibe, right? Mm. Her vibe is very feminist and inclusionary, right? And so therefore, I think it's I think it's enough. I don't think we need the words. I think I mean You know, you look at Beyonce, right, who, who uh, went and, and quoted, uh, <laughs> quoted a feminist, had a whole tour about feminism, and, uh, and she's, she's not Taylor Swift. She's still not Taylor Swift. She isn't. No. She's, she's still Beyonce. No, and I mean, Taylor Swift, she wins all the Grammys every time she drops an album because she always has the best album. It doesn't matter that her father buys all the records. It doesn't matter. It just, you know, um, it's one of the great musicians of her, honestly, the best musician of her generation, right? Taylor Swift, I would say. Well, and and about and about her father, you know, allegedly purchasing the the albums. I mean, I think that that's a, an act of of love, and therefore maybe also an act of feminism if you think about it. Because you know, someone's got to end up with those records. He's not well, just throwing them behind, away. I bet that I bet those end up in the hands of young aspiring feminists. Well, and, but- and feminism really, what it boils down to is just um, treating women. Uh, better than you treat other people. Yes, and so treating your daughter like that is is a way a way for Taylor Swift's father to do that. Well, and we wouldn't be you know feminism. I'm not putting on any airs. You know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be anything without um, without the support of men because because unfortunately we need them. That's right. Uh, men are very uh, important. Um, you know, we we open the pickle jar. Um, you know, we can reach stuff sometimes. Um, uh, a lot of times, um, we can semen. say funny things. Semen. Semen. It feels mostly. Good. I was just talking yeah. about semen, but all those other things you mentioned are pretty okay. Oh right, yeah. Um, and and you know, I'm not minimizing anything that women do, but men are an extremely important. Um, they're extremely important in this role in feminism because, you know, men uh, still control many of the industries of the world. So it's up to men to sort of make the changes um, necessary to give women, um, you know, a place somewhere. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a great discussion. I'm glad we're having it. Acknowledge that men and women have biological differences.
in exactly and um those are two differences that you know we still should be treated equally well separate but equally i agree yes so um the next person on my apology tour um my my unofficial unapology tour um that i wanted to talk about is gwyneth paltrow so um she of course um out of the kindness of her heart uh without making you know that much money i'm sure it's mostly just kindness that she gets from it um she runs goop right um very successful website and um on goop she sells things um and she's been in trouble for you know there's going to be this netflix expose i guess and um she um She's been selling products like that I think are just radically feminist and, and really, really cool. And, and people are, you know, muddying the conversation up with stuff like doctors and recommended and dangerous. And um, well, really, and that's just, that's it's using science, which is male, as a way to oppress women. Yeah, um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you said so. And, um, and and really, I mean, for example, just to sort of illustrate this point, like what she's trying to give women are are things like jade eggs that you can put into your vagina to strengthen the muscles. And and uh, you know, um, apparently doctors don't want women to have strong vagina muscles because they're saying that it's dangerous and not okay. No, I give it. That's, I, I, that's I, the source I, of our power, though. I, I think that they don't want us to do it because we're going to get all Khaleesi up in here and we're going to birth some dragons. Well, you have to get those vaginal, uh, vaginal gains. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been, you know, that's what I've been saying. I, 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 I've been. Do you ever even since, lift? Do you even lift? I, I actually bought the, I bought that for my wife even. Um, I bought the Alex Jones brain pills and I got her the uh, Gwyneth Paltrow stuff. And we both have noticed significant um, improvements in brain function and uh, groin function. It's just been, you know, a, it's been a double-edged sword, but in a good way, you know. More, it's like um, whatever the opposite of that is. A no-edged sword. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a baguette or something. I don't a know. baguette. Okay. Yeah. Max, you can just say penis. You don't have to dress it up in euphemism. Right. Yeah. No. It's. It was extremely phallic. I did. I did feel uh, that that was a phallic symbol. All right. Right. You know, I think about, you don't have to bring that into this at all. This is the feminist. Podcast. Well, I mean, vulvas only. But I mean, okay, vulvas only, I suppose. Okay. Well, now, you know, it, it's we're just we're living in an age now. Let's it, it seems like a good time to talk about this where, you know, there there's um, you know, girls only and there's um and then there's boys only and 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 um and it, it becomes it, it becomes difficult to talk about uh people who kind of embody um different uh, characteristics like like having power and what is what does power mean and um you know, I think that I think that this brings me to to cops, and then because because we're talking about those who protect and serve us, um, I really want to um, next speak about uh, Kamala Harris, who's oh, yeah, great who's feminist, a great feminist, and uh, and a great cop. 
a great cop. Um, I believe one of her really like um, one of her greatest accomplishments was uh, putting uh, mothers in jail for because their kids weren't going to school um, and using that as a deterrent, you know, to make sure kids were, you know, that, you know, the reason why, you know, uh, it, really truancy um, is, it, it doesn't help really to, you know, not have a parent in the house, but, you know, that parent is obviously failing that kid, so you gotta throw them in jail for a few days. Well, maybe. feminism, maybe fuck their life feminism is, is about holding women accountable as well. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and that's all Kamala Harris is trying to do, and that's all California as a state is all about, and I'm, personally, I'm here for it. She also... Um, she also was, uh, would not let a, uh, she had something about, uh, not letting a, uh, transgender person transition, uh, while in, uh, while in jail. No, uh, the thing is, the thing is, she since apologized for that, and, um, this is where I lost respect for Harris, because... Because she apologized? Because she apologized, and she went so far to, uh, kowtow to these, like, crazies out there by flying a trans flag in front of her office and i just i can't i can't support a politician who does that right yeah no i mean i i I, you know harris obviously is a care is you know in this race is someone who is very sort of flip-floppy is just willing to tell you just about anything um and she and she's really pandering sort of to these um to uh to to so-called transgender people and and and, you know as a as a feminist um you know there's a word out there that i don't want to say you know uh, you know i mean it's 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 bad word you know and and it's the one word we cannot say on this podcast and maybe I i don't know if either of you are thinking of it but you know, I I just really. I uh, mean, I think I think that this podcast should be about reclaiming certain words um, and marginalized you know, voices, right? Yes, yeah, yeah, and so and so and so. You know, if 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 one of you feels comfortable speaking it, then um, it's a slur. Okay, it's four four letter word, right? I guess we don't we don't have to say it. It's okay. I think everybody knows what we're talking about. Um, it's just it's here's what it is: is that you go on and you're trying to fight for women, and you're online and you're on Tumblr, and you make one little post, and all of a sudden everyone loses their mind and starts messaging you, messaging you things like you're a bad feminist and other kinds of death threats like that, and um, <laughs> and they use this slur. They call you. And let's break uh, let's break that down. Let's break that down. So I, I just I can't believe I don't I'm No, just, it's just no before and I, I just I, can't explain it first, but Turf is like the dirt that's not even real. So they're saying that you're like not real dirt. It just makes me it just makes me want to ask people like, well, okay, you're so comfortable using that word. Do you also call black people the N word? I don't think so. Yeah, very good point. I think you illustrated it really right. well by yeah. comparing it to a really bad word that you also could yeah. not say. And so I just think that's the best thing to do in this situation. And I'm just so glad that you're on the podcast to no, make these points. I, I agree. Here's the thing is like, yes, I do consider myself 
a radical feminist. That's true. Um, and I do, I, but I don't think that I'm a trans exclusionary radical feminist. I'm just a radical feminist who wants to exclude trans people from my definition of human. Yeah, and you as a woman, you get to explain to everyone else and they have to agree with you what your definition of woman is and that's your right as a woman. Right, and my definition of woman is um, people who are women who have the exact same experiences I have. If you haven't experienced your girlhood the way I did, then you don't get to call yourself a woman. And I think uh, I think Kamala Harris deep down probably really agrees with you and that she was forced under duress to make this apology. So that's why she's part of my unofficial unapology tour. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. maybe maybe she can get over it, you know, it's possible, you know, but it's you know, I, I we got it's going to be a tough it's going to be a tough battle between her and Joe Biden, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I, you know, that's obviously that's where the race is going to come down to. And these, you know, whoever has to apologize less, I think is going to be the one that ends up winning. And, I, and you know, for me, I feel like it's going to be Biden. Biden's going to be the one who apologizes less, I think. Well, and is that not just, you know, the male bias here? Well, uh, you know, I mean, it's not... <laughs> You know, you know, bias. Uh, bias is essentially when you are, um, you know, you uh, feel a certain way about a certain type of person, uh, but there's like some sort of hidden meaning behind it, and uh, you know, like that—that's really what bias is. There is something called mansplaining. I'm more of an expert than you, and I'll tell you why. Because I'm a guy. Oh my God. Um, but. Would I say that what I said was biased? No, I, I'm objective. I, um, I, I've i worked for a political campaign. That means I'm objective. Um, I've worked for Hillary Clinton. That means I'm a feminist. That's just like, these are the facts, okay? Um, but it, that, you know, that's just how I feel. Well, that is um, all I had for my unofficial unapology tour. Um, was there anything that we didn't get to that you two were hoping to discuss or any, any parting words? Oh, Lisa, I was just, um, I was curious about, um, when you came to feminism, how you decided to become, to start calling yourself a feminist. Well, um, it all started when, uh, people at school were saying that I was a feminist because, uh, because I was really loud and I guess that that's what they associated with feminism. I've always been kind of loud. Um, and so this was in high school and then, um, I Googled it and I found out that a lot of feminisms, a lot of feminists were famous, um, and, uh, you know, kind of like in line with my, my unapology tour now, um, I'm most interested with famous feminists, so, um, this has really all been uh, part of my quest to gain fame. Um, and uh, it doesn't mean that I mean it any less. It just means that I'm being really honest about it. Oh, that's... You go, girl. Yeah, thank you. Thank oh, you. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. very thoughtful. That's Yes, that's, queen. That's great. Yeah. 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 Yas. Yas queen. Do we have any... Uh, do, uh, do we want to name a Yas queen of the week? Is uh, Do we have uh, a nominee? Do we, do we want to... Or do we want to name, uh, you know, Feminista of the Week? This was your idea. I mean, um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to get in a man's way. Oh right. Well, 
Um, yeah, I would just... Uh, who am I going to nominate this week? Um, yeah, I think, honestly, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, I think it's Nancy Pelosi. You know, she really stuck at Delon Homar. And um, I'm a really big fan of that. And, um, you know, AOC, you know, um, you know, she's sticking it to AOC. She's sticking it to Rashida Tlaib. Um, it, you know, I really, it, it's just great to see, you know, a powerful white woman, you know, using her power. You know, it's, well, it's a really, I, I don't, don't we all agree? Upper class white woman. Is she upper class? I don't know. Very upper class. Yeah, and, um, you know, I'm really glad that we ended on this note because, you know, as my unapology tour um, goes on, you know, people have been accusing me of, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, silencing all good intentions from these parties and, you know, other stuff. It's just all kind of fluff. It's just um, people just don't understand that um, – Feminism can be about calling somebody out, but I just don't think anybody should apologize that doesn't need to apologize. No, yeah, I, I definitely agree. Stay strong, Joe Biden. Um, you know, uh, um, you know, Harvey Weinstein used to have hope. Um, Louis C.K. <laughs> um, Louis C.K., uh, stay strong. You know, um, Aziz, where are you? Uh, you know, what... Uh, yeah, so, uh... That's a bridge too far, Max. Well, uh, I'm just saying, you know, we can't... You know, if we can't exclude anyone, we can't ban... You know, we can't cancel anybody, you know? That's what I'm... I'm definitely against cancel culture, okay? Um, you know, as a man, you know, I'm just saying, it's not... It. How can you infringe on, on their freedom, you know, to say the things that they want to say? Um, they might do horrible things sometimes, but, you know, um, but that's, you know, they're great artists, so we gotta, you know, that's, that's life sometimes, I suppose. That sounds a lot like, uh, Joey Sixpacks. Uh, me and Joey go way back. Um, you know, I haven't talked to him in a while. I, he, since he left Chicago, I, he said something about murdering all of his friends back then. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that's about, but... Um, well, clearly just, you weren't that close because you're alive. Right. That wasn't a part of the six-pack, thankfully. Um, yeah, so <laughs> RIP to Randy Six-Pack and the other Randy Six-Pack. Um, those are my two my two favorite bros in the world. But I would just also like to say, um, you know, Hillary Clinton, um, we're waiting, you know. Um, we, need, uh, we need you. Um, 2020, let's go. Like, what are you waiting for? You know, come on, Queen. Let's. I will. Like, like, why are we letting Kamala Harris be the new Hillary Clinton? It's just, you know, whatever. Not a fan. I think that's it. Okay, I guess we're done. Bye. (laughs) This has been from the blanket fort, I guess. (laughs) It's hard to put an abortion on network TV even though Norman Lear pulled it off and did it really well, but since then we've backslid. 
I always thought that I myself didn't stigmatize abortion. I'm a uh, abortion rights activist. It's a huge part of who I am. But one day, when I was visiting a Planned Parenthood in Texas a few years ago, a young girl walked up to me and asked me if I'd like to be a part of her project in which women share their stories of abortions. I sort of jumped. I haven't had an abortion, I told her. I wanted to make it really clear to her that as much as I was going out and fighting for other women's options, I myself had never had an abortion. And I realized then that even I was carrying within myself stigma around this issue. Even I, the woman who cares as much as anybody about a woman's right to choose, felt it was important that people know that I was unblemished in this department. So many people I love, my mother, my best friends, have had to have abortions for all kinds of reasons. I feel so proud of them for their bravery, for their self-knowledge, and it was a really important moment for me then to realize that I had internalized some of what society was throwing at us and I had to put it in the garbage. Now I can say that I still haven't had an abortion, but I wish I had.